another hope-filled message from Life. For more information about our church, visit lifeau.org. Well, it's really exciting to be connecting today uh, through the opportunity of being in our home, but being with you right there. And uh, we'd love to be there in person, but at the same time, we're pretty excited that we're away as a family for a week, thawing out our bones uh, in somewhere that's bound to be about 15 degrees hotter than where you are. But we miss you and we love you. And we are excited about sharing stuff that's in our heart around this whole area of touch point deepening and strengthening and enabling relationships uh, to be the the fullness of what they're called to be. And so, uh, yeah, we're going to open up our hearts, our story, uh, and engage some others as well. And I know you're going to love it. And if you're new, I'm sure you've been welcomed. I hope you feel at home. And we're just really honoured that you'd be a part of today. So, yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about uh, the dynamic of family, the dynamic of God's intent when it came to family. Yeah, I love that God's greatest idea around this whole thing of belonging is it comes back to family. Mm. And uh, when he created the world, he said that everything was good apart from the fact that man was alone. Right. And so he created Eve and then the family started. And what an incredible gift family is to us today. I miss our family back in New Zealand so much, but we've also in moving to Melbourne mm. become to appreciate the value of our family and you know the traditions we can start today the culture we can establish in our family is incredibly important and it's such a gift that God has given us to do family well absolutely uh, it is amazing when you do think about that dynamic of God creating Adam and then uh, bringing the addition of Eve to make what is a perfect unit uh, that's where really family starts it, it it doesn't start once you get married, and, and please, I want to encourage the teenagers who are part of today, uh, don't think about, oh, this is for the parents. No, this is for all of us. We're all part of family in, in one way, shape, or form, and actually that whole dynamic changes it all the time. Mm-hmm. We currently have our kids who, eight and five, love to hold our hand, uh, walk through school, but I understand for the 16-year-olds there, you wouldn't be said dead holding your <laughs> dad's hand, kissing him on the lips, and uh, saying goodbye, but... That's because dynamics change, yet the significance in family, that, that doesn't change. And I remember, you know, being on, our, uh, on the, the wedding altar and, and marrying Nadia 15 years ago. And uh, this moment where I realized we had left our father and mother. We didn't abandon them. They were still part of us. But here we are creating our own family. Um, and then in that, realizing the significance of, you know, now two blended families together. And that, again, would just start to grow and start to change. And kids would come along. And who knows, that changes everything. And then you have a daughter. And that changes everything all over <laughs> again. You buy guns. You know, like you go to the gym and, like, ready to beat anybody. It's just amazing that uh, through this, God knew it all. And he said, family's good. Family is good. And so it's amazing. I was sitting... Um, in a meeting not too long ago with an extraordinary guy called Andrew Scipiani. And he said this comment, now he was the uh, commissioner of the police of New South Wales for over a decade and has only recently retired. A great man of faith. And he said this one comment which stuck with me so strong. And that was that where you find strong families, you find a strong community. He said that actually it's families that are the backbone of a nation. And I'm not here to kind of bring any sort of sway uh, and and political thought, but there is an attack on family, and if we can dis 
franchise the family, if we can discredit the mum and dad, the unit, then who knows that we're going to start to actually see the fabrication of a nation start to decay. And I just think that's why we need to come with a real open heart. Not to judge, not we love and we welcome everybody, but I think we need to look at God's value in family and the treasure that he called it to be and then dream again of all it will be, which I think is amazing. Fantastic. And uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to start today by looking at how do we create unity in family. So we're just going to take a moment to pray before we begin. So God, I just thank you for the privilege we have of coming into your house today and hearing from your word. And God, I just pray that every word that is spoken, God would encourage, would challenge, would lift us to a new place when it comes to family. God, I thank you that in this room today, there's so many different families that are represented and whatever our family looks like, God, I pray that your voice would be heard, that you'd give us keys, God, to better what it means to live together in family in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So what does it mean to create unity in family? Well, first of all, I think it means that we are one, Mm. that we are a team together and a big part of uh, being a team is letting go of own personal preference and I grew up in a big family there was five of us kids and we learned very quickly that we what we always wanted what we wanted to get ourselves didn't always come first it was about the family unit and uh, now even when we go away on holidays together we have to be very intentional with my big extended family there's all the husbands the wives the kids it's just crazy You have to go in very intentional (laughs) that it's not about what I want. It's about the collective family and what works for us all. And I think that's what achieves unity ultimately when we're living for something Mm. bigger than just what I want, what myself desires, but there's something greater. There's a greater purpose in it. And so when it comes to family, I think we need to come in with that attitude that I can't live for personal preference, but I've got to live for the greater value of family and the togetherness that family brings. Totally. And, and the thing is, is that we are more and more becoming independent. Uh, we're more empowered to be independent. And that's not a negative thing. I think that's a real strong thing um, when it's used in the right way. Because what it enables us to do is be so caught up and so busy in our part that we actually don't integrate like we could. Uh, you know, we're in our world with our busyness and, and, you know, with kids and teenagers, they're full on in their world, their study, their friends. And we can so quickly be caught up in such a big world that's in itself is really just isolated to us. And I don't think that's intentional. I don't think that we try to do that. But unless we actually create time to be one, where we get inside each other's worlds, where we actually put our personal preference down, we say no to our desire and yes to spending time, yes to getting away. And I heard recently of a great family who just went on a holiday together. And I'm talking about our family. Uh, but they, they went on a big trip and they, and they took time and they, they put the phones away and they just had time together. And we've got to get to that place. And, and teenagers, I encourage you, we've got to get to that place where we are each other's greatest support. We are each other's greatest advocates. We are each other's greatest cheerleaders. And I know that that may sound different or sound weird, especially if you're a young person, but really, we need to have our parents' backs. We, we've got to believe the best in our parents. We can't say, oh, they're, they're irrelevant. They don't understand. They're boring. Now, I get they may not be you and they may not be your close friend, but at the same time, they are your family. They are they're, they're the ones that created you. And it's the same for parents. Oh, I don't understand my teenager. I don't understand what's going on in their world. 
then don't just have an I don't understand mentality. We've got to get together. We've got to create time to get to know, to, to actually hear heart, to see what they love, to find out what's interested in their world and start to bring a cohesion that draws the strength of unity. Yeah, I think it's vital that always in our thinking, mm. we come from the perspective that we are on the same team as a right. family. We're not going against each other. And it can be funny when you're trying to get your opinion across. I know even when we have our discussions, that it can be very uh, easy to be all about winning the argument and trying to get your point across rather than realizing we're actually on the same team and yep. we're going for the same outcome. And you know, when you think from the perspective of actually we're on the same team, mm. it affects how you communicate. It affects what place you're coming from. And I think mm. uh, in communication with families, we always need to come from that perspective that we're all going towards the same goal here. We've all got each other's backs and we want the same outcome. So yeah. I think that's really important. And I think that is amazing how kids are so smart, parents, we know this, where they'll, they'll come to you and ask and you'll give one answer and then they'll go to the next, and we've learned pretty quickly to go, what did mum say, uh, you know, or Nadi say, and what did dad say? And rather than them trying to work one off the other, again, there's that assurance that, hey, the kids, we're on the same team, we're all part of the same team, and uh, I think one of the things I've learned when it hasn't gone well, or when there is challenge, or there's discussion and dynamics you're working through, I think to create and enable a team is actually to take a moment in your opinion, in the viewpoint you see it from, to actually step outside that and put yourself in the other person's shoes for just a moment to see how would they see the same situation. Mm -hmm. You know, let's think about it beyond just our family dynamic of, you know, Nadia, Zion and Hope and I. And then think about, you know, we did, we moved to Melbourne and it was a big decision for us personally as a family, but it was also a big decision for our extended family. And although we had heard from God, you know, others in our family uh, hadn't heard in the same way. And it was actually a really challenging time. And even though it felt like for us, it was like, yeah, let's go. This is right. Um, you know, and there was a mix of emotions. For us to be able to connect accordingly and appropriately with those who found it really hard, it wasn't actually to be like, well, get on the page, get up, you know, get more faith. It was actually a, to get in their shoes and realize it's actually a big thing to see your kids, to see your grandkids, to see them go to a place you never saw them go before, be at a new distance. But the value of getting in their shoes for just a moment enabled us to approach that situation completely different. And there's times I get in Zion's shoes, there's times I get in Hope's shoes, uh, and there's times I need to be more in Nadia's shoes, no yeah, doubt. Yeah, that's true. But to see it from another angle so I'm not stuck in my opinion, but I'm actually thinking, how do we do this as a team? How do we do this together? Because my view is only my view, but if I can incorporate the two and realise we're one team, then there's actually going to be greater strength and depth there rather than just a strong opinion that demands an action. And, you know, I think that's a really good thing that I've learned. I still remember the day that we took Zion home from the hospital when he was a newborn mm. and we were on the motorway driving at 50 k's an hour just looking at the rest of the cars going, they are crazy, I can't believe that people travel this fast, we have a life on the inside of our car and just Amazing. freaking out that yeah. we had this life that we were entrusted with yeah. and uh, you know, but very soon it can turn into, oh my gosh, would the kid just go to sleep? Would the kid just stop needing as much food? And we can go from this place of so much value right. to annoyance in a way because of the need that's there. And I think we've got to make sure we don't get familiar with what we have. We treasure the value of the lives that we have in our family. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. The Bible says, do not grow tired and we're in doing good. 
um, you know, which is basically trying to say to us, let's not lose value in what's taking place. Let's not lose value of what you're contributing. Let's not lose value of the significance of doing the consistent well. Uh, and I think about that verse and I think about raising a family, I think about loving my wife, I think about trying to remember to ring my mum, uh, you know, and my parents, and, and I keep thinking, I've got to value, if, if it's not out of a place of value, it actually becomes a place of task, and a place of task becomes a place of obligation. And you don't want to be living a family life out of a place of obligation. Oh, I'm obligated to love her. I'm obligated to have to provide. I'm obligated to go to work. You don't want to be in that place. You want to be in a place where you so value them, where you so love them, where you so treasure them, that it's a joy. It's, a, it's an honor. What a privilege. And I think Jesus described this and, and showed this so well when he said, you know, husbands love your wives, wives... You know, you need to be as one, uh, you know, in submissive relationship doing this together. But then husbands, you also need to lay your lives down. And I don't think you lay your lives down something to, you have to. You lay your lives down to something you believe in, that you want, that you value, that you de- desire, that you cherish. And, and I know there's been times that we need to do it more, but I encourage all of us. You know, have you freshly reminded yourself of how much you value the ones in your life? Have you freshly reminded yourself of how much you value the friends, as we talked about last week? You know, the wife that you have, the, the kids that you've got, as challenging as the season may be that you're in, value it. We don't get this again. We don't get to replay yesterday. We get to take this moment. We get to cherish them with all of our heart. And and I've been learning that recently, and I, I sometimes find myself, I the kids go to sleep and... Well, Nadia goes to bed early and I sit and I think and I think, far out. Man, I've been entrusted these kids. <laughs> They're mine. Like, I've, I've been entrusted to this beautiful wife. Like, she's mine. And I, and I have these moments where I, I kind of, it all hits me. But then the next day we can see back in the task and we forget how much. And I just encourage us, would we value afresh? I think if you valued something, the unifying to it wouldn't be a chore. It wouldn't be a task. It wouldn't be a have to. It would actually be a, a desire. And uh, we desire unity. We desire this connectedness. And so fresh value. And I think when you value something, you're more intentional with it as well. And, you know, when it it comes to our kids, I know there's times where we've got to reevaluate things and go, hey, you know what? We've actually been watching a lot of movies lately. Like, you know, as a family, we need to be more intentional with our time so that we're not just, you know chilling in front of the TV, wasted at the end of the day, but we're doing something intentional with our kids to build yep. memories, uh, to uh, to input into them, you know, to make sure that how, how's their reading going, you know, little things like that. You can just get so wrapped up in the day-to-day that what are you doing to build those little lives? What are you investing into them? Yep. And even with our marriage, you know, you can just so easily become flatmates you know doing life together rather than intentionally investing into your relationship and it's amazing (laughs) you know when you're not having that intentional time how everything is just a chore and you're getting on each other's nerves but Mm. you're actually it's because you're not filling each other's love tank and uh, I think it's just so important that we are intentional with those that we value most because it can be very easy to take for granted those you value most right well, we thought uh, as part of today, it would be only right uh, to get an, an amazing couple from church who we all love, and uh, it's the amazing Tim and Jenny Davis, and we, uh, we love these guys, and they've been absolutely uh, a delight to get to know, and so encouraging, 
And they're the kind of people you want to be like, man. I want to be that guy who has the Harley uh, with the wife on the back oh. and, uh, you know, just off with the surfboard under the arm. And that's what these guys are. But they're, they're so much more than that, so much more than adventurous and fun. Uh, they're life-giving. And they're amazing. They've been married for 47 years. Yes. Which is pretty amazing, which is very good. Uh, it's exciting. You've got two daughters and then three grandchildren That's as right. well, mm -hmm. which is incredible. And, yeah, so we're just honoured to have you a part Thank of you. today. Thank you. And wanted to just sort of ask you a few questions in regards to doing family well, marriage, and this whole thought of Touchpoint. How do we enable practical things so that we can have a legacy mm. that you have, mm. so that we can all get to that point? And... Um, yeah, it'd be amazing just to hear a little bit about that. Yeah, thank you. So I, I think we've been, um, we've just been talking about the whole uh, area of being intentional when it comes mm. to building strong, unified families. And so you guys have obviously experience of 47 years, which is mm. amazing. And, uh, and you have 47 years of being married, having a family. What are some things that you've been really intentional with and now you look back and you see the rewards of those things? I really believe that one has been intentional about time together as right. a couple. Yeah. And Tim and I made a decision when we were when we were actually engaged that we would never when we got married and had children we would never let the children come between us. Awesome. In a sense we'd love them but we wouldn't Mm. And we've never done that. Mm. And we hear of people who say, oh, well, the children have left and we've got nothing left. Right. Our children have left the house. Mm. But for us, it hasn't been like that. We right. love our children mm. so much, but we've never let them come in between. Mm. So that's been really, that's really awesome. awesome for yeah. us. Have there, have there been times, Jen, where you've had to... I suppose bring that into check again, like it has, you've noticed, you know what, we actually need to shift a few things yes, to make yes. that happen. Absolutely. Um, on a couple of occasions when life gets really busy, children, mm. uh, you know, small children take mm. up a lot of time. Tim was working really, really long hours. We, you start feeling a little bit stale. Yeah. And we made a decision that when Tim came home in the evening, we would spend half an hour, 45 minutes, just yeah. catching up on each other's day, awesome. making sure the children were doing something else, yeah. and um, just having a coffee, or in those days, a glass of sherry Hello. together. Mm. <laughs> Hello. Just to mm. spend time together and see, <laughs> so see how mm. our days had gone. And, yeah. and it, I must say, it created a great big difference for us. Mm. It, almost, it just brings the bond straight back, yeah. which is great. How have you maintained that? How did you maintain that through the teenage years? How do you maintain that? That closeness and that protectiveness and that mm. leadership and the but the release and like mm. what were some of the things for you that enabled you to grow with your family? Well, I think I, I was probably rather strict because I wanted to know what the girls were up to, yeah, how they were doing at school. I was trying to get involved in, in a bit of schoolwork the time I had, mm. and uh, we sort of kept um, kept a close close watch on them. Mm. Uh, being girls, they tended to communicate more with Jenny about, right. you know, oh, I met a guy and, you know, yeah, yeah. what's he like and, you know, so yeah. I wouldn't sort of reach for Mr. Samuel Colt or something you know, <laughs> to, to, to go and sort it out. But no, no, I'm just, I'm kidding. But, you know, they, they would relate on those more personal matters to yeah. Jenny. Yeah. And... Uh, I got, got involved in more the, the overall... Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, Tim, um, one example was very amusing. I mean, Tim was living here just before we came to Australia. Yeah. Jessica, one of our daughters, met this boy that I was very wary of, and 
and I was very distressed about it and I phoned Tim in Australia and I said, Tim, I have this issue, you know, what do you think? And Tim said, um, leave it with me. Yeah. And um, a few days later, Jessica said, you know, that boy stopped hassling me, Mum, I don't know why. And it appears Tim found out where he was, phoned him and said, I'm her father. I'm warning you. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I should have more than that. <laughs> I can imagine you said a little bit more than that. Yeah. So, so there were always so those, good there were always those things. Yeah. I still remember one evening some children phoned and said to one of our daughters, can you come down to Devonport? We're going for ice cream. Mm. And it was 20 to 10 in the evening. Yeah. And um, Tim said, definitely not. Yeah. You know? And the next morning I had two phone calls from two mothers saying, thank you so much for making a stand. Yeah. Now we can say mm. no. How good is that? So those are the things that we felt yeah. did protect them. Yeah. So now you have the privilege that they're now being parents. Yes. Mm. You know. Yes. Has there been times that they said, oh, you were too strict? Never. Or you, you no. should have let us no. party more. No. You should have let us no. have no. our own opinion no. more. No. Because we have such a big age gap with our girls. They're yeah. nearly six mm. and a half years the older one, actually, who used to kick against it when she was yeah. a teenager, mm. she said uh, to us one day, Mom and Dad, don't stop what you're doing. Yeah. I now realise why you were doing mm. it. Yeah. So it didn't do any harm. Yeah. It's hard. And I, we did explain to them at the time, we, whenever I had to say mm. no, if Tim wasn't there, I would say to them, I'm doing this because mm. I love mm. you. Yeah. And yeah. I think important to me. Out of love. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's the key, mm. it's how it's done. You know, yes. Because yes. we've obviously been involved in young people's lives for years oh, yes. and mm. you see it go wrong mm. when uh, when a family when there's just strictness right. yeah. without the relationship and the heart mm. communication right. about the why when it's just yeah. there you will mm. not do this mm. it's just the rules without mm. the this is why because we why. love you, mm. yeah. love you and yeah and mm. I think it's also really important to mm. I know my parents are incredibly strict with all of us but then they also made sure that home was the mm. best environment we had so much fun yeah. mm. you know mm. it wasn't just rules right. and um, strictness at right. home yeah. it was a great environment to grow mm. up in so you were, you know you saw both both That's sides right. of it. You know, in church today, you know, there may be people sitting here who I suppose feel a failure as parents. You know, mm. I know there's many times a day I feel like that. It's true. You know, like mm. yeah, gosh, we all do, <laughs> oh, we all do. I'm yeah. I'm so not getting this right. Mm. And right. Um, mm. you know, to maybe parents out there that are feeling like, well, I haven't got it right with my kids. I think one of the most important things that we can do, even if we don't feel like we've mm. got it right with our kids, mm. no matter what age mm. they are, is to build heart connection with them. That's right. So how how would you guys recommend that you would do that with children, no matter what age they are, build that heart connection with them? One of the things mm. that, that has been of great value to us is um, we said to them right in the beginning, if you think we're being unfair, you have our permission mm. to speak to us about it, right. but you need to do it, what was the word you used? In a um, respectful manner. Yeah. Respectful, yeah. Mm. yeah. And yeah. and it really worked for them, and mm. they, they really enjoyed that, because they, the children don't like mm. unfairness. Yeah, and true. sometimes, as parents, we can be unfair. Mm. Yeah. And it was really nice every now and again, not often, one of them would say, hey, Mum, do you remember, they tell me the whole sentence, <laughs> yeah. that you and Dad said that if I'm not happy about something, mm. I can tell you. Yeah. And that seemed to do a lot for bonding, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. So the power is them 
to share mm. their valued opinion. Mm. It empowers right. them mm. to actually feel like actually what I feel is, 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 yeah, is worth talking and about. Yeah, you know exactly. Yeah, yeah. We honour you guys. Mm. Uh, you know, we we are we feel very honoured as a church oh, and blessed as a church to have you know couples like you're not the only ones. There's other great couples sure. as well. But oh. the fact that you know not only are you a great couple in your own right, but you're, you're always embracing mm. others, drawing others yeah. in, sharing heart, you know, getting alongside people. And so, yeah, thank you for taking the time today to be a part of it. And um, yeah, yeah. Mm. it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. You'll be signing autographs and getting photos in the court. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. So we've just heard from Tim and Jenny the value of heart communication and how that builds unity within our family unit. And Uh, You know, I'm just remembering back from when I was a young girl and how my parents really valued open communication, so much so that if they sensed that anything was up with one of us kids, they would sit on the end of our beds until we talked. And everything was talked about, everything was on the table. And I probably didn't appreciate it growing up, but now that we have our own family, I want to make sure that it's part of the culture that we have in our family. So we've got our family values written up on the wall back there, and one of them is honesty always because we want to make sure that there is that heart connection happening because when there's heart connection, there's intimacy there's built, that's built, there's vulnerability, and out of that you can build deep and meaningful relationship. Yeah, it's, it's awesome, and it's very intentional. Uh, it's noticing that little moment. You know, we, I think we've all had it, even, you know, teenagers or kids with your parents you notice when something's not there and it's actually a moment do we go further or do we ignore it and I know there's been moments where it's like mate what, like, what's up you know or I'll you know go come, come pray for me before I go to bed yeah totally and I'll go pray for him but I actually lie in his bed and take a moment and just chat just talk and let there be a bit of time that then opens that heart again mm-hmm. uh, you know I noticed it you know I was thinking about what Nadia was just saying then and you know, her family, her, her parents were very intentional, very purposeful about enabling there to be this heart connection. And I was only a couple of weeks ago back in New Zealand uh, with the, the family together. And now we're all in our 30s and got kids of our own. But there was this moment that took place uh, after dinner as we're sitting on the couch where Nadia's dad just had to share his heart about something that his boys had operated in a certain environment in a way that he just wasn't happy about. He wasn't proud of them uh, for the the statements that were making and the way they were acting. And and he said, oh, I won't I won't talk about it. And then we were all like, nah, talk about it. And then he goes, okay, I'll talk about it. And he brought it out. And, and even though it was confronting, the, the atmosphere in the room afterwards was so close because there had been heart exchange that had taken place. And that's, I think, true love. I think that's true unity. Isn't just going, oh, it's okay. But this, this fact that, you know, don't go to bed when you're angry. Don't leave things to tomorrow. Don't, no, no, I, I think if we try and just still the storm now, we're only actually creating a greater, greater storm for later uh, if we're wanting to hide it. But if we talk about it, then we deal with it. And that enables that heart connection to stay so close. So, yeah, heart connection is obviously so important. And we're going to right now watch an incredible testimony from John and Rima about how heart connection within a family environment actually led to incredible freedom. So check this out. on a Wednesday night, which was a regular for, <laughs> for me. Yeah, we got to know each other and he ended up giving me a, a ride home and we kind of continued to 
to date after that? It almost was as if um, that's what our relationship was kind of based around, was mm. about partying, you know, going out together and having fun and, um, you know, being hungover the next day. And, and then that led us to Melbourne. Um, when we decided to move here, it just carried on from there and yeah. I think it got even worse. We were out Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I remember every Monday I was hungover for sure. I would go to work and I would be hungover. 80% of the time we would end up going home and having a huge argument. It went on for about four years, just this constant, um, you know, temporary kind of alcohol-filled joy. But then deep down inside we were really, really unhappy. The alcohol and, and the drugs were taking effect, led into lying and, you know, deceiving family and friends. Um, you know, which led, down, led me down a path of, um, I suppose, just depression. I mean, I just, um, so it's all just kind of piled on my shoulders at one point. We were married in 2012. We made a decision to, to plan um, to have a baby and we had our beautiful son, Noah. Um, and it was, you know, it was great. Had this new baby and we felt really happy and, there was still something missing and I, I felt that John wasn't happy and I couldn't understand what it was. I, I needed something else to, to help me get through this, um, the struggle that I was going through because it was so hard. My sister and her husband just started attending a church. They were in the kitchen. I remember just sitting there and looking over at them and they were tickling each other and laughing and I just remember saying to John that I just wanted to be like them. I just wanted to be happy. It was just that moment I just went, what is it that they have that we don't have? That week, um, my sister and her husband were telling us about church and my brother-in-law um, really softly hinted, you know, he would say to us, you should, should come to church, you know, one weekend. I thought, oh, church, oh, okay. And we went and it was um, something very, very different for me. Um, but in that first service, there was, there was something there. John was in the deepest of his depression at that stage. I had spoken to my sister about it and I told her what I was feeling and she said to me, no, look, let's have a go at something else. Why don't you um, say to him that we will be at the table tonight, we'll be sitting around the table, her and her husband and myself, and we'll be there to listen um, and give him the opportunity to open up to us. And he sat down and he looked at my sister and my brother-in-law, he didn't even look at me, and he spilled his beans, basically. Felt like the world had been lifted off my shoulders. Um, so I continued to go to church. Um, I went from every now and then to every Sunday. God has definitely played a massive role uh, in my trust issues. He's helped me to be able to open up, to bring things to the light. I know that I can trust him in, in, in any situation that I'm in, um, whether it's personal or uh, family. You know, we've trusted him through so many aspects already and he's come through for us. We've had so many breakthroughs and we know that he's just got so much more installed for us. I feel like there's a sense of peace 
um, in our marriage that you know I was searching for for so long. We can get through anything with him by our side. Isn't that it's such an amazing uh, and such an encouraging story to hear? And I think about the dynamic of, of actually how we are part of God's plan. You know, we started with family. We talked about the dynamics that change. We talked about this, the importance of unity and, and keeping everybody together. And then it's realizing that actually the, as believers, as people who know Christ, God's got us positioned in our families for a significant purpose. And I love uh, that we can actually be in those moments where it's not just, oh, yeah, uh, that's my family. But actually, God's got you there. He's, he's got something in your heart to say. He, he, he enables you to see something that you notice that maybe others haven't. And, and you're able to bring a God perspective to that. And, and I love the significance of family is that because you're family, you have a right to speak in a way that maybe somebody else can't because you are family. You're blood, man. You're, you're tied together regardless and so the intentionality and, and the way we bring stuff always has a love at the center of it all. And, and I, I think that one of the things that help us stay in that place where it is driven by love is that actually ensuring that our relationships with Christ are strong, our relationships with God are strong, that we are bringing God into our homes, that we are intentionally having God moments. We're not waiting till Sunday. We're not waiting for our kids to be at Epic. We're not hoping that the kids' program are teaching them all about church or all about God or all about the significance of living for Jesus. But that's something we are cultivating. That's something that we're doing. We're praying for them. And I remember... Uh, pastor Wayne a few weeks ago, you know, sharing that uh, the reason his son has become youth pastor and he shares it is because he remembers the prayers his dad prayed for him when he was just a little kid. And those prayers, those moments we have, those things we speak over our family's lives, whether it be younger or older, actually shape and mold and create strength within inside a family. And I can't say more how much church has been such a significant part for Nadia and I raising our kids. Now, sure, we're the pastors, but that doesn't negate the responsibility for us to bring our kids up in a in God's house and they love it they honestly they honestly it's the highlight of their week like, they're counting down till Sunday every I honestly hopes like how many days till Sunday and mm. when we went to two services and if you knew we only started that uh, earlier on this year but Hope literally was like both of them were like when we told them what we, we get to go to church twice in one day like and we were like yes and there was just like wow you know like and I pray that, you know, and I know it is the culture of our church, but I pray that that's the heart that we have and the families that we raise. It's not the added thing that we do during the week, but actually that's the beginning point of where our week starts. It starts being surrounded by his presence. It starts being surrounded by like-minded people. It starts by extending ourselves and growing our family, which is cool how the Bible calls that. We're brothers and sisters. We extend our family in that way. And in that, you know, unity, it brings a blessing. It brings enlargement. It brings favor. And I don't know about you, but I want us to be in a place where we are the strength of our community because we've got strong families. Yeah, I think the value of God's house, being in God's house together yeah. as a family is so crucial. 
Again, I just speak from our family's experience because that's what I've known. But mum and dad always made sure that as a family we were in church. It was a have to. If we were under their roof, we had to be in church. And we didn't always want to. You know, church was sometimes not an enjoyable experience. It was 45 minutes of worship with an older lady at the front singing high with just a keyboard. But we got to know God's presence. We got to know God's word. And now all five of us kids loving Jesus, serving Him. I think there's value in being planted in God's house and knowing His presence. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, there's no question about it, actually. Uh, To be in God's presence, there's nothing like it. Nothing substitutes it. Uh, And we need that for our families. We need that for ourselves. And you may be sitting here in church, maybe a, a new concept, hearing about this dynamic where there's purpose and intentionality around family might not have been your experience. But the great thing is, is that we have a God of fresh starts. We have a God of vision. And he says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope and a future, plans to prosper you, not to harm you. And maybe you're new to church or maybe you're new to uh, experience this, but I want to tell you that God has a plan for you. He has a hope for you. And Will's going to, in a moment, give you an opportunity to discover God for yourself, that you would know His love, that you would know His freedom, and you would know that you're part of something so much more than just your story, that God has a family for you to be a part of as well. And so I'd love to pray for you, and uh, then we'll hand back to the team. God, we thank you so much that family is your idea. We thank you, Lord, that it is something that you have orchestrated and that you have enabled, that we would be able to live fulfilled lives, that we would be able to live abundant lives, that we'd be able to live lives where we receive and we give. And God, I really lift up and I pray for every family represented in this room. God, where there's areas that we're not yet happy with, where there's things that are dysfunctional, where there's things that uh, they're just challenging and we don't want to go there. Maybe there's hurt and unforgiveness. Lord, I pray that we just speak out and declare new unity. Lord, we declare that it's going to be new breakthrough. God, we declare that new seasons are coming. God, we declare that new strategies are going to enable new pathways. And Father, I pray for every person here who has yet to discover you that today, that in this moment, Lord, that your presence would meet them right where they are and that they would know you for themselves in Jesus. this podcast from life if you have any questions or want to contact someone about this message visit lifeau.org